0: It's another Sunday Night in Comedy, and tonight we're checking in with three club comics and local crowd killers. With the return of club work, the road finally opening up again, and new albums to release, what is life like for working comics in a post-pandemic world? And did the audiences actually stick around? I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. A if you got your funky
1: Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
0: inside jokes baby right here on global news radio 640 toronto and of course streaming coast to coast canada wide on the global news radio network brought to you of course by our good friends at hakeem optical helping you read twitter troll comments since 1967 and of course by our good friends at ivermectin vaccines not for you try ivermectin it's the horse dewormer for everyone we of course have our producer vince tedesco on the line how you doing this week buddy
2: sometimes i amaze myself with my professionalism whatever just start talking let's do the show and and then we're on air all of a sudden what you don't see behind the scenes people what you don't see
0: we can't uh, let down our dozens of loyal listeners and fans that have yes, kept enjoying. Maybe
2: even in the twenties. Who knows?
0: We're probably in the twenties by now, man. We're going hard six seasons. We gotta be up in the doubles a by now. Hard twenty-eight. <laughs> That's right. We're switching it up. Uh, of course, Vince. We are, you know, we're we've been talking about this for literally almost two entire seasons now. You know, the return of comedy clubs and album tapings and road work and all that stuff. It really has blossomed back open again. I mean, Comedy Bar here in Toronto has a full schedule every night of shows. Producers are back at it. Comics are back at it. Uh, We got a full panel of three tonight, though. Vince, we got some old friends of the show that haven't been on in a while. We got a couple of new albums, some live shows. We got a lot of stuff to plug here tonight, buddy.
2: Yeah, I love it. This is what defines Canadian comedy. I mean, you're talking... Road comics, hardworking comics, getting out there, cracking the pavement—you know, trying out new bits.
0: These are the this is the essence of Canadian comedy, and we got three of them for you tonight. Resilience—that I think is what what we've learned in the last couple of years. That's what sums up Canadian comedy: is resilience. Canadian comics are like Rasputin—you can't kill them. That's There's. It
2: amazing take the whole industry and,
0: and pull out the carpet from underneath, and it still doesn't matter. Uh, but of course, yeah, we got a full panel tonight. We're going to kick things off. We've got old friend of the show. We haven't seen this guy since the good old studio days we were just talking about before we hit the air, but he's got a recent album out. He's back on the road, back to the clubs. we got Brian Hat on the line. How you doing, buddy?
1: Oh, man, I do good. I do real good, man. <laughs> just look at the Yelp reviews. The ladies, <laughs> they'll tell you. I'm in it- and out. Like it's a funny, car I mean,
0: wash. I've talked to you, you know, off this show, but I've talked to you a lot during the pandemic, and you know, with you're obviously you're a club guy. You're steadily working with yuck yucks. You're on the road all the time. You're you're kind of an old school road dog. You're certainly a veteran club comic. For you, I mean, you know, you have an album that you dropped pretty much just before the pandemic, "Born This yes. Weight," which I I love that title by the way, and I love for people who haven't had given that a listen yet. Look at the album artwork. Born this weight, but you went Bruce Springsteen with it. You didn't go the Gaga route with it.
1: No, right. yeah, yeah. That was actually a friend of a, a, a suggestion from a good friend of mine uh, to do a little spoof on the uh, Bruce Springsteen album there, and uh, I thought uh, it worked perfectly. For uh, you know, sort of, uh, it encapsulates uh, me. When you look at that cover, and <laughs> if it gives you a giggle, <laughs> that's pretty much the same style of humor you're going to find inside the CD
0: one well, here's the thing a lot of comics that we've talked to in the last couple of years and you know during the pandemic and you know generation TikTok, and the advent of zoom shows and all this online streaming and all that i mean yeah you were always a club you're a club guy you're a road dog for you how much did this whole time period i mean yeah you rolled this album out you're obviously you're pumping that out you're trying to get the listens and the downloads on that for you how much did this whole time period change things did you pivot much into that world of doing online shows and all that or did you just kind of go no not for me and sort of wait it out <laughs>
1: have uh, a little bit of both. I mean, I gave it a try out of, uh, I don't know, somewhere between a sense of obligation and, you know, misplaced productivity. Uh, but yeah, it didn't really work for me. Like, I, I really find it difficult to be trapped in this box. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't really suit my style of comedy. I'm not really just a stand and deliver kind of guide. You know, I mean, there's a lot of uh, uh, character that goes into my, um, uh, my stand-up that is much easier to detect uh, live and in person. Um, so I actually decided to channel um, my, uh, my comedy back into sketch where I sort of had my beginnings and uh, finally kind of get to work on making some videos that I'd always intended to do, but was kind of uh, you know, too busy with stand up to really give full attention. So it was great, actually. And I think it actually did a lot for my creativity because it sort of woke up a part of my brain that perhaps I wasn't using um, for the last you know, 10 years ago. I mean, I hadn't done sketch in so long. Um, So that was great. It really sort of um, let me connect to comedy and kind of forget what I was missing for those 18 months, desperately missing.
0: For you, I mean, going back to, you know, now going back to Yuck Yuck shows and those clubs opening back up again and audiences coming back out. Yuck Yucks, you know, even in the last few years before the pandemic hit, when we were sort of getting into this territory of, you know, safe spaces and certain shows that are curated and like, you can't talk about certain things and whatever that conversation is, Yuck Yuck's always prided themselves on this is the space where comics come out. They say what they want. Nothing's really off limits. There's no filter. We trust that crowds are smart. Come out and do your thing. Yeah. Now coming back with live shows being a thing again, and the clubs open again, what are those audiences like? Do you find that there's even more of a hunger now for them to just like really hear comics let loose and say whatever they want do you think people are really craving that again after all this
1: i would say more so i mean there are still definitely places that um appreciate you sort of working within guidelines you know yeah. uh kind of keeping it corporate if you will but um yes there is certainly um because we're all you know so pent up so kept under lock and key for so long and you know that added uh, anxiety everybody's life you know everybody has some sort of uh mental health crisis during that last 18 months you know you may yeah. not have been hospitalized but you were certainly put in a, an insanely compromised position so i think a lot of people yeah do come to see our shows and laugh because it's a relief not only to laugh but to hear people perhaps say things that they wish they could say you know so uh, i find it actually it's um if anything now comedy is sort of divided in that sense there's uh, people on the on one side that think that uh, it should remain sort of this uh this um little place where you can always say at the safe haven if you will um for free speech and there's other people who think no that's a you know an antiquated idea and that we need to start updating uh the art form which you know you can make great arguments for both frankly
0: it is and i mean in you know in a city like toronto this is our this is really our stand up hub in Canada i mean it's the largest yes. one anyways you know and we so before the pandemic I mean we had on any given night 200 open mics that you can go and do and random shows in the back of dive bars and all that stuff. And you had a lot of, you know, a lot of upcoming comics, a lot of amateur comics, a lot of open micers, a lot of hobbyists. It was sort of this Spanish flu that happened in comedy where it seems like the, the hardcore independent producers that were at this for a while before the pandemic and the people who figured out how to put on, you know, true monetized quality shows and really the career comics. It seems like that's really who came back. I mean, what's the landscape out like they're out there in Toronto right now. Did a lot of the pack uh-huh. sort of fall off the bone? <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> if that were true, I wouldn't be speaking to you now, or at least I'd be a lot thinner. <laughs> um, I, I will say that there has definitely been a bit of a culling uh, across the community. It's certainly, like you said, it, it kind of eliminated a lot of hobbyists. Um, for many reasons, Uh, once there's less stages right now because everything kind of got rattled up, all the open mics, almost every room that we had pre-pandemic has either shut down or moved somewhere else, you know, outside of Comedy Bar, Yuck Yucks and and the clubs. So everybody's trying to figure everything out now. Like I've been saying to everybody, like if you're a new comic right now trying to start comedy, I I mean, I I pity you. (laughs) I I don't know where you're getting on. Uh, You're going to have to start your own shows and and figure it out because it's going to be a tough, Road, because there, there are still yeah people like me who are who are just you know grabbing everything I can right now, I'm trying to make up for the lost time. You know, I feel like I'm I'm two years behind on my next album, so I'm trying to desperately make up for all that time that I missed. And uh, I'm not alone in that sense. So yeah, it's you, you're pretty much left with uh, your diehards and uh, your guys like myself who just uh, are too far down the road to do anything else. now for you, if you oh, yeah. were to go lay, lay down your next album tomorrow, I mean, how much
0: of a different animal would that be from Born This Weight?
1: Um, I mean, again, it's um, I would say in Born This Way, it's a much more uh, carefree than what I'm doing right now. Not to say that yeah. there's <laughs> a darkness or a tone to my thing right now, but I, 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 you know, everything I'm kind of doing right now is not about the pandemic per se, but it, it's sort of life after the pandemic. You know, I'm still re-examining yeah. my, my single life and how that's been sort of decimated by the pandemic and um, just trying to put everything forward, uh, put everything in a new sense going forward. But no, it'll, it'll be uh, more or less the same, but with a uh, much sort of a realer sort of spin on it. You know what I mean, like I always uh, called myself smart, silly. Maybe I'll be a little more smart this time, a little less silly.
0: Well, even getting into just normal real life stuff. I mean, you're one of those comics that, you know, you relate to a crowd just on day-to-day stuff what life is like for you dating and all you know social awkwardness and all that stuff is it almost like this weird thing going up on stage now and doing some of that material where you almost have to pretend along with the crowd that the last year and a half just didn't happen (laughs) like you go right
1: back to talking about what you were before absolutely that's why i say it's not really about the pandemic because there's certainly um i don't want to say a pushback but there is a sense from the crowds that they, you know, you can touch on it, but they don't want to hear about it for you know your ten minutes, your fifteen minutes, whatever, because they, yeah. they just sat through that movie uh, for the last year and a half. And yeah. So you, it it almost has to be a pandemic adjacent. You'd be like, um, um, like you can touch on it, but you don't want to live there right now because yeah, it's it's too much of a downer, man. Like to, to some degree, people just want to laugh and forget. And unfortunately, um, yeah, like I'm, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they should have a disclaimer on stand-up stages like previously on stand-up comedy. Oh,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember last season's finale when the world? Yeah, remember that one? Yeah.
0: I think it is true though, because I think, you know, and again, talking about new comics getting into it now and open mics kind of starting back up again. But for the clubs, for people going out to the actual clubs and you know, the the sort of linchpin venues like comedy bar and places like that, that have thankfully come back. Yeah, you're right. I think crowds don't want to come back and talk about what we've all just experienced. You don't, you don't need people beating that horse to death. It's like, no, we want something fresh and new and to get out of what we were just stuck in.
1: Exactly. It's when, uh, it's almost like uh, when Ron Ford was mayor at do you, know I mean, you couldn't make jokes about him because he was the joke. Do you know what I mean? it's the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. It's the same way. I don't want to hear about it. How your pandemic sucked? Do, do you think I was on vacation during that? Whole time? Like, we, we all. It's, it's almost like a, a fact in court. We all concede to the fact that the pandemic was uh, crappy. So let's just move on. You know, there's no reason to dwell on that point. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand that. I have the same feeling. I, I, I want to put that behind me and uh, yeah, try and you know just claw my way back into some sense of normalcy, which you know occasionally. I will accidentally walk into a place without a mask on because just for just for a half a second there, for about one millisecond, I'm just like, hey, it's two thousand eighteen. I like, oh no, oh no, oh god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which by the way, uh, well while, while we've got you, where can people grab Born This Wade and download the album and
1: stream it? Uh, it's on iTunes, it's on Spotify, man. I got copies sitting here on my shelf. You wanna come by Parkdale? <laughs> <laughs> you're more welcome. I'll just chuck it out the window if you're worried about COVID, man. Copies for everybody, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, coming up, I'm I'm hopefully going to be trying to record another EP on uh, December 17th and 18th at the Toronto Club. I'll be headlining there. Come check it out. I'll be showcasing all this uh, new material that's been rattling around in the old, you uh, know, the Bat Cave here for the last 18 months. How those Yuck Yucks crowds been, by the way? This whole time, eager, eager to get out there again eager wonderful like really no complaints we were selling out even at 40 percent and they're still coming back now um uh and they're just uh, as enthusiastic to be there as i am uh there was sort of an awkward period where <laughs> like not only did i have to learn how to be a comedian again they almost had to learn how to be an audience again <laughs> it was it, it's hard to explain but i feel like we've worked out all the the kinks we're back to 100 percent uh, capacity and assuming you're vaccinated and uh, yeah i just um, it's it's I, I find the the shows and even my performances uh, i have so much more joy in them perhaps uh, the right word is than before the pandemic like i, I if the pandemic taught me anything is that i was probably a little burnt out and didn't even realize yeah and now coming back i find the whole scene is just uh, you know it's, it's it's magical in a sense like uh, crowds and shows are just you know that much more fun because we all appreciate what we're experiencing a hell of a lot more than we did, you know, March, 2019.
0: There we go. And hopefully yeah, yeah. it doesn't push those uh, numbers of drunk, rowdy people too much through the roof. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. been picked up for two years. Brian. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, buddy. Uh, everybody go and download born this weight, or you can just, yeah, go to Parkdale and yell up at one of the windows and maybe you'll see Babs there checking out copies for you. Uh, oh, but yeah, yeah, I'm glad to hear everything's back in full swing, man. And hopefully you get to lay down that follow-up album very soon but just glad to hear you're back at the clubs and back on the road and doing what you do best
1: man thanks buddy i appreciate it always a pleasure to see you love you vince love you tech producer Thanks,
0: we'll be right back with more inside jokes right here on global news radio 640 toronto
3: Carmen Lynch, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. We're about
0: welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby! Right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical helping you stay six feet away from everyone you know and love thank you again to brian hat don't forget to check out that album born this weight uh now we're going to switch gears a comic that i haven't myself talked to in years it seems like it's been forever it's been so many seasons of radio it's been a full pandemic but she's back the showcase is back it's coming up november 21st at uh comedy bar things black girls say sabrina douglas how's it going
2: Hey, what's up? How are you?
0: I'm g- I feel like there's so much to catch up on because even going back, I mean obviously, you know, this past season, of course, we've been talking about the pandemic because it's just the elephant in the room that you can't avoid. Uh, but yeah, even yeah. for you, I mean, you took well, first off, you're busy. You're a mom, you're a full-time nurse, <laughs> which even when there is no pandemic, uh, that's a lot <laughs> to begin with. That's a that's a heavy job to begin with, you know, never mind a major global pandemic. And on top of that, a working comic but I mean even before all this happened you took a you took a bit of a hiatus for a while oh yeah you know oh, yeah, and now like mm-hmm. for a couple of years and now seeing you back and I mean you brought back things black girls say which was a showcase that you used to always run before and it's back with like mm-hmm. full lineups again at comedy bar mm-hmm. for you I mean how much how much has your comedy changed now coming back from all this because so much has happened in the world and for you in life which of course finds its way into your comedy
3: Oh, yeah. First first of all, like it, pre-pandemic, I started coming back and then the pandemic hit. And then a lot of us had to start working, like a lot of nurses, we had to like go in and like work in the hospital and like support as much as we can. And then since I started back in comedy, it was hard. Uh, people were doing a lot of Zoom shows. So I pretty much would do zoom shows while I'm on my break. Like I'd go on break and people would just like <laughs> cover my patients and I'm like, I'll be back. And they'd hear the weirdest noises in the break room. And I'm like, oh, I was just talking to some friends, just 30 of my closest friends in the break room, telling jokes that <laughs> was going on. But like, yeah. And like a lot of my, co- a lot of people are talking about um, COVID, but mine is like totally a, um, a healthcare perspective, which I've been doing a lot of online, um, Uh, healthcare worker shows. And um, it's like totally appreciated. Like I find people are appreciating um, comedy even more now, like not even just the general population, but like, like other healthcare workers that can relate to whatever we're going through
0: totally because i mean yeah we were talking to brian had about that you know with he's back at yuck yucks and the, the clubs are open again and full capacity and all that stuff so just regular crowds coming out who are like they've been sick of being at home for a year and a yeah. half and same news and all that stuff people are like there's sort of this resurgence in live comedy that's that's starting up again now where it's like people have been really itching for this and it's kind of it's it's bad to say but it's not so oversaturated either because a lot of the sort of smaller shows and a lot of the venues didn't make it through unfortunately so with yeah. the clubs back open again and and certain like key venues open again crowds are coming out and it's like they realize how much this was missing from their lives for you i mean doing these zoom shows for actual healthcare workers who i mean nobody was face to face with the pandemic more than nurses and doctors obviously yeah. What like what are those crowds like right now? I mean, how much are they just like in need of a laugh, really?
3: Oh my god! Like I did, I did one in um, March, and uh, it was for Nurses Week, and I think we had about forty-five nurses, and then. I would just literally, like, I would do them in my car and then go work a night shift. It was pretty much what I used to do when I used to do open mics. And then I would just go and work a night shift after. So I do these shows and I see people with you, Weren't you on a Zoom call, like, telling jokes? I'm like, yes, and I'm here now. I was just in the car. But they're just like, thank you so much. I just, like, people would, like, hold my hand and be like, thank you. I needed that. like Just just laughter and, like, and we're, like, in the same field, like, in the nursing field. Like, it, like, makes such a difference.
0: You wear,
3: you wear the scrubs? <laughs> I did. I did. Like, especially when I was on break, but then I would put like a fake nursing background because I figured how to do that. I suck at technology, but I'm like, let me just change my background because it's weird when like people are walking by in the break room, but I would just change my <laughs> background and I'm like, yeah, I'm a nurse. And people are like laughing and I'm like, oh, I'm stuck in the hospital. Like, it's like fake. And I'm like, yeah, I'm really here and I have to go back to work.
0: It's funny then, though. I like, <laughs> Even talking to, you know, we've talked to a lot of corporate comics who usually that's a huge part of their schedule is, is doing corporate stuff. And even for them, they have these home studios and it's all set up just for that. But they're doing these corporates just on a camera and in front of a green screen from their home studio. It's tough to sort of... when you're not in the room with that crowd and you don't hear the energy of that crowd and there's no sort of warm up you know you can't pace around in the green room and run your set through your head you can't read the vibe of the room it's like the the camera comes on and you just go for them that's hard enough what about for you I mean you're standing in a break room doing this like where do you get that energy to just like jump into it and grab hold of it oh my
3: god like at the beginning zoom shows were hard but I think Like, I've been working a lot with that unknown comedy club with Daniel Daniel Woodrow and uh, Rodney Ramsey. And those guys know how to, like, bring in the laughter and, like, control all the unnecessary noises. So then eventually, like, I found it um, a lot easier because, like, a lot of the times I would just, like, look at myself. And then I'm like looking more at my expressions and I'm just like getting so into it, but it's just funny. Like nurses will just come in and pretend to get stuff and they're like, what are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) uh, And I'm like, you guys, there's a nurse here. (laughs) She's listening into my jokes and they're like, ha ha ha. I'm like, "Mm, it's true. But like, yeah, I was just like more, (laughs) it just made me more like action packed, like excited. And then I'd come back. I'm like, yeah. So (laughs) I don't know. It's different.
0: i think that under that unknown comedy club was a brilliant idea too because it is playing off of this live streaming stuff and also we lost a lot of spaces in vancouver and toronto and montreal where people used to book and produce their own shows
3: oh yeah yeah yeah
0: you have things black girls say coming back to comedy bar which comedy bar yeah comedy bar did come back thankfully it's such a huge oh
3: thank you yeah
0: cornerstone for comedy in toronto and it just turned 13 Mm -hmm. years old but i mean those online venues, I I don't know. I mean, you've been at this a long time. I mean, how much different is the landscape now? Because a lot of those heritage rooms that were around before, where comics book their own stuff, they just don't exist anymore. It's oh, really yeah. a comedy bar now.
3: Yeah, it's co- but then there's a lot of um, places that are like popping up, like and I notice a lot of shows are getting like sold out, like easier. There's a lot more quality. Um now there's a lot more quality rooms, a lot more paid rooms for comics and I'm finding that I'm getting like booked on like longer sets. Yeah. Like 15 to 20 minute sets as opposed to before it was just a bunch of like open mics with like three people in it. Like this time it's like actual audience members and they're like excited to be there.
0: Well it's kind of funny. I mean in Toronto it's almost like we're trimming down a little bit. I mean you you remember over the years a lot of comics would come from you know Halifax or Ottawa or wherever where they had like maybe two clubs and there yeah, was like yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. so you could get paid for every show and there was always crowds that really wanted to be there and the rooms were packed then they'd come to Toronto and it's like well there's 2,000 open micers here and all of a sudden they find themselves running all over the city doing sets in front of three other stand-ups in the back of some bar a lot uh, of that stuff yeah. is kind of gone now like you say it's like a lot of the, yeah. really the working comics that stuck it through
3: yeah for sure for sure it's like so different now but yeah we'll just see how it goes though like things are popping up again so we'll see what about with bringing
0: with bringing back this show because you did do it before I mean you were doing you were running and booking this show before you took your own break and obviously way before the pandemic how much of a different thing is it now coming back is it did you really go back to sort of the same format or is it does it have sort of a new angle to it now
3: well, just for me, I noticed like promoting's a lot different. Like I used to print off uh, postcards and it's like, people don't want to touch like paper coming yeah. from your hand really that much anymore. Everything's online. So like, I would just been promoting online. And then um, like last, like the, obviously the capacity is way different now we can't really fill out the room like how it used to be, but yeah. like, yeah, everything's online with promoting. And I just like last month, we did it, it was sold out. It was like, amazing. And then the month before, it was almost sold out. But for me, I find it like easier to promote. It's like a, a lot of me just like, uh, waking up and just going on Instagram and be like, there's a show in next week. <laughs> like, people are, like, it up. <laughs> and then I wake up, I'm like, Oh, let me post something on Facebook. Like, that's my labor. That's my labor. Now I don't really I used to go to like, Go physically go to shows and promote that way, and then hand out postcards afterwards. But it's a lot, a less face-to-face human contact. So I don't know. That's a little bit better because I don't have to like drive all over the city. But like still, yeah, it's it's different in that way for sure.
0: Yeah, and like all those old days of like postcards going around the city, postering. But then there's like a thousand shows happening, so nobody's really paying attention. (laughs) Do you think it's sort of your social media game too?
3: Oh yeah, like I've been posting like so much. Um, just getting followers. And then even like Tamara, she's she's coming up next, Tamara. She will like wait after a show. She's like, follow me on Instagram, this, that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. is that what you're saying? I'm like, I should be doing that too. I need to learn from all these young <laughs> people. Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: It's like they just <laughs> naturally knew how to do it. And that's where everything's going now. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so glad to see that you are back, though, because we definitely missed you in comedy. You were always such a
3: crowd you. killer,
0: you know. <laughs> and also, I'm glad to see that this show is actually back. Um So things Black Girls say, is there still tickets for the 21st? Can people still book online and all that stuff? Oh, yeah.
3: They can just go to comedybar.ca. They're, it's there. There's, like, tickets. So, yeah, for sure
0: there we go but they, they
3: go quick they go quick so they we're do in i mean
0: reserve i it's noticed that. comedy bar is really pumping out shows again and the crowds are coming out like everything is selling out which is so good. oh yeah,
3: yeah. oh That's- yeah and now they have increased their capacity so yeah for sure for sure there
0: we go all right sabrina douglas thank you so much things black girls say november 21st it's got a stacked lineup hit up comedybar.ca for tickets so glad to see that you're back at this though thank you so much
3: Thank you. Nice seeing you again. Yeah, you too. We'll Thank see you, you out
0: there soon for sure. Now that stuff actually oh, yeah. again. Yeah. All right. Talk to All you right. soon. All right. Thanks so much. We'll be back with more Inside Jokes brought to you by Keem Optical right here on Global News Radio. You're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. I'm at the sock and I don't know why I just did this.
3: Because a heart basin a in the sun was amazing the going on the dresser.
0: Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Thank you again to Sabrina Douglas. Don't forget to check out Things Black Girls Say coming up November 21st at Toronto's famous comedy bar, which is now 13 years old which is a huge thing for Canadian comedy, especially after the absolute garbage fire that we've all just come back from. Uh, we're switching gears now, though. We got another brand new comedy album just dropped. We got Tamara Siobhan with Tamara. By the way, I, I love this album title, Purse Wine." I think, there's, I mean, there's so many great comedy album titles out there, but I can't think of one that is more true to the person than this, than Purse Wine. I love it though, and of course. So you you laid down you laid down this album at the Corner Comedy Club, right?
2: Yeah, the Corner um, a while ago, before everything like was destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the old Corner, the one at Queen and John, so the one yeah. that doesn't even exist anymore.
0: Which, by the way, though, I mean we we're talking about that earlier with Brian Hat. I mean, a lot of. It's kind of bad to say, well, before the pandemic, Toronto was oversaturated and there was too many open mics and all that stuff. But in, a, I mean, in a way, it's kind of true because what we're seeing now is we did lose some good event spaces. We did lose some good spots where indie producers put on some good shows. Not all that stuff did come back, but we also are seeing a lot of the comics that came back are really the diehard working comics. The ones like yourself and Brian and Sabrina who really during the whole pandemic had to figure out ways to keep doing this stuff with the venues closed and with live shows closed. I mean, this is your job. This is what you do. So we did, we're sort of restarting in a lot of ways, but we did have, I mean, there's the new version of the corner that's back now where you're regularly at comedy bar, of course, just turned 13 and is back in full swing. Yuck yucks is reopening, but we did see a lot of this sort of, oversaturation that we had as a comedy club kind of doesn't exist anymore in Toronto.
2: I think it's good. It really raises the bars when people go to shows, they actually are getting quality, right? And you're getting you're sharing a lineup with a lot of people that are actually talented. Not saying yeah. that they weren't before, but you don't have people spending $10 to go to a show. Now all shows are at least 20 bucks because you're getting the quality of all pro comics.
0: I think so too, and I think you know, we always had that struggle in Canadian comedy where people were always sort of too too nervous to sort of like market themselves or to like put too much of a premium on what they're doing. And one thing that we did really learn from this whole time was that like how essential comedy is and how much our own artists should be supported and how much we should be putting a premium on this stuff. And especially after a time like this, we're seeing that audiences will follow audience. If the shows are there and they are at that level, because I mean, how many times before Tamara, before the pandemic, would you do a show and have an audience member come up to you and go, you know what? I was at an open mic once and it was terrible. And I thought that's just what stand up was, you know?
2: Oh, all the time. Like, like also what is a $5 show? If you're paying $5 and people are like heckling, you're like, hello, these people rolled out of bed for you. You think they're going to like put on, put on their best outfit and give you their best jokes. It's it's 10 PM on a Monday night. You paid five bucks to be here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's sort of this like, you know, we've just finally got to this point where we realized, yeah, people who are working comics for a living in a country where that's what we do. Comics come out of this country and we're trying to get more of them to stay here. You can't pay your rent off of drink tickets. That's really (laughs) really what it comes down to. And I mean, especially after, you know, it, it almost took a time period of those live shows disappearing for audiences to go, okay, this is something that's really missing that we really want to see happening again. For you though, before the pandemic, like when you laid down this album, how much, how much of an extreme version of yourself are you on stage? Like, in this album, I mean, for though, I mean, I know you in person. I know you from backstage. That's why I love the title of this album. And really, a lot of this material is so true to you as a person. But are, how much <laughs> of, sort of an amped-up version of you are you when you're up on stage?
2: I, I think I'm pretty much the same, to be honest. I don't think I really play it up too much. Purse line's been the thing that's been, like, a part of my life for so long because I was so broke <laughs> when I was doing comedy that yeah. it would bring... Wine just for my purse, and I'd be able to drink and be able to have a good time and then be on stage. I don't get as drunk as I used to on stage anymore because that's not fun, but it's
3: (laughs) good to know. uh,
2: Yeah, because you think you're doing so well when you're really drunk, and then you look back at your videos, you're like, oh no, that wasn't great. Yeah, I Uh, remember
3: that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, but it was all kind of a testament to me doing comedy for a really long time really broke and trying to make it work and not wanting to have two jobs and trying to you know have comedy be my main job and so through Pursewine I've achieved all my
0: goals <laughs> yeah there you go. I, that's such a good point too though by the way I remember uh you know before before I retired I remember a set in Banff one time where I definitely did the exact same bit back to back twice (laughs) and didn't even know until I looked looked at the tape afterwards that was always like it with the weed shows too it's like I could never you know I don't know what you were like in those but when we had this whole scene of weed rooms in Toronto I couldn't do any of that before I went on stage otherwise I was just like would get stuck in my own head it was like I was talking to myself up there or something
2: Oh yeah, that'd be the worst. When you like go to a weed room and they're like, "Okay, you want to go first?" And you're like, "No." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everything is in slow motion. An applause break is just silent nodding in agreement. That's all it is. Uh, all right, we'll be back with more Tamara and Find out a little bit of what this album is all about. We're going to talk more purse wine right here on Inside Jokes.
1: This is Lewis Black, and you're listening to Inside Jokes, which is why it's funny, you idiot.
3: Welcome
0: back to Inside Jokes. We are talking Purse Wine, the new album that just dropped from comedian Tamara Shervon. Which, by the way, Tamara, I mean, there's been obviously the landscape has changed a lot, especially the last couple of years with everything going more digital and streaming more. There's a lot of indie album labels that have popped up in Canada. I mean, we've got 604 out on the West Coast. Comedy Records, of course, has been around for 11, 12 years now. Alice and Door started up Howl and Roar. It's it's become a lot more easier to sort of record your own album, put your own content out there, and monetize it, especially during the pandemics, for comics to be able to get those radio plays and get those streams and downloads. There was always that talk before, from sort of the old-school Road Dog comics, where they were very, like you have to be doing this for 20 years until it's time to do an album and somebody in charge will tell you when it's time to do an album. How much has that changed? Do you think, I mean, for you, when you recorded this, like when, when did you know, I mean, you've been at this for a few years now, but when did you know in your gut, like, okay, this is the material I've been honing for this long. It's time to put this to the tape and put this out there forever. Cause it really lives forever. Once you do that.
2: Uh, Yeah. Once you start hating your jokes, I think that's a good time to record. (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 yeah. you're really, they're really seasoned now you're you've done every sort of tag that you could they're crushing everywhere and, like you know they're gonna land but you're just like wow why do I keep telling this joke yeah. <laughs> So, um but I mean it's I once I hit three hours of material over the course of like six seven years I was like all right I can drop an hour like yeah. you know I can drop an hour um and I did it independently, so I didn't actually do it with any label, which took a lot longer because I had to put a lot more effort into it. But um, it was a nice labor of love. It was nice to be able to really like edit everything myself, choose everything myself, and really try to figure out my album artwork, all that stuff that seems really easy. I realized was really hard, but it made a, a lot more worth it. I wanted it to be something I was be proud of, right? So
0: yeah. By the way, for you, I mean, you, you know, you came up in the Corner Comedy Club since it first opened, and of course, now post pandemic, in the in the new version that's here in the East End in Toronto, Tr- Toronto Comedy was really before that, really based on these sort of like large event spaces. It was larger clubs, it was music venues, it was these big, wide open spaces where a lot of independent producers would try and book their own stuff. The Corner was really, our, and still is really, our first club in toronto that has more of that new york feel it's this intimate club people come in off the street you have 30 or 40 people sitting right there in front of you it's very much one-on-one face time with the audience that's really what new york stand-up was built on a lot of those cult clubs there are really these little like intimate venues how how much do you think that's sort of needed in canadian comedy and how much it changes the flavor of it
2: oh i think it's i think it's needed for sure i that Recording in the corner comedy club felt so electric because everyone's there for the same reason and everyone's paying attention. There's 35 people, and everyone wants to make sure that you have the best recording. Everybody wants to make sure that they're having the best time, and it makes it a lot more intimate. Like you could have eight people there, and it could feel like you're crushing for a room of a hundred. Yeah, because everyone's so invested in being there. It's not a bar; it's just a comedy club. So the fact that it's a comedy club there is a bar there but because everyone's there specifically just because they love comedy makes it a lot different than going to a place where there's comedy and then you want to chill after and have drinks and things like that the corner is more of like the actual community
0: aspect of it and i think you can really pick that up on an album like this recorded in a place like like the corner i mean you can you know, you can, all, you can hear that ambience in the room. It's almost like you could hear a certain table laughing at a certain time. You can hear something going on over here. It's like you can feel that sort of room tone. Whereas, you know, you'd hear a lot of stuff on Sirius that was recorded in these huge venues, these huge 300 seaters. It sort of has this kind of hollowness to it by comparison. I really think it's important to have these small indie clubs that really make up more of our scene here and give us more of that flavor.
2: I would love more like nothing fancy is coming up as a nice little comedy club. I don't know if you've heard of it yet. Yeah. Yeah. But nothing fancy is really great. It has the same kind of corner feel, even less people, but it's just, I did a show there a couple of weeks ago and there were six people there and it was my best show of the week. Like it was just really, really great because everyone was really invested. So little things like that, if we could have like five of those around the city, that'd be really great to have because it really helps you work on your material. And then on top of it, it helps you really understand how good your joke is doing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, true. Well, and I think there's room for that too now, right? Because coming out of all this, I mean, we were talking earlier in the show, a lot of those sort of cult rooms in Toronto comedy that didn't unfortunately make it through the pandemic, you know, a lot of those shows that have been around for years where it was sort of like a proving ground, like, okay, if Kenny Robinson put me on the Nubian or, or back in the day, Joanna Downey put me on Spirits or Texas Comedy Mask, or a lot of those shows that sort of meant you were doing the right thing and the right people were noticing a lot of that stuff isn't around anymore. So do you think we're going to see this now where a lot of it'll be like a scene rebuilding in a way where a lot of new stuff starts to come up and, and sort of the, the, it's sort of like a generational change now.
2: I hope so. I, I really prefer to have smaller, like more intimate rooms. I think it's easier to produce with as well, instead of being really stressed out about filling a hundred people or 200 people into a venue Yeah, to be able to have like your own type of feel and theme to it and then be able to only have to sell 35 tickets, but they're going to be really quality tickets and people are going to spend the money and have the great shows like I think that that's needed in the seat right now. So hopefully independent producers want to come back and do that. But I know after a pandemic, it's so hard to get back into producing fully because you just realize how much you used to do before you don't even realize how you
0: did it. Well, it is funny. We're finally in this point now where, you know, it took a global pandemic and all festivals stopping and a comedy union being formed for us to finally realize, like, yeah, Canadian comics should get paid to do what they do. <laughs> and it is, needed. it is so needed. I mean, we sort of we didn't give it that appreciation, I think, before. And we're seeing that now. Finally, audiences are like, this is something that was sorely missing and it's back. And there's sort of a more support for it now, it feels like.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm super happy about it because I need to pay my rent.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Speaking of paying your rent, Tamara, where can people get "Purse Wine," which of course has just dropped. Where can people download this, stream this, get it plain and of course find you on social media as well.
2: Yeah, you can get it anywhere that you find us. So iTunes, um, Apple music, Amazon music, teaser, it's on everything really. And then, um, you can find my socials at T E E M A I R on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can go to my website, Tamarashavon.com, to find my album there as well.
0: There we go. Pursewine. Again, I love that title so much. Uh, but it's great to see all three of you that we had on the show today just back doing what you're doing and seeing venues like Comedy Bar and like The Corner open, crowds flooding in again, and just things kind of coming back to normal. Shavon, thank you so much. Everybody, thank make you for having me first wine. I love it. I love seeing you back in the game. Thank you so much. Thank you. That is our show. Thank you again to Brian hat. Don't forget to check out his new album. Born this weight, Sabrina Douglas and things black girls say live at Toronto's comedy bar, November 21st. And of course, Tamara Shavon with her new album purse wine. That is our show. You can listen to all of our episodes right back to the beginning on global news online. We'll be back next week.
3: Hi, this is Alicia Carusi. And you're listening to my aunt
0: Sandra Carusi's Comedy RX. This week's Comedy RX features Tamara Shavon.
2: Yeah, you ever go to like Costco and like you're just like, when you go to Costco and for samples you have to like you can't just go and eat everything, okay? You have to go and be like, oh my god, <laughs>
3: <laughs> what is this? <laughs>
2: Bread? What are the ingredients? Can I give the whole tray a try? I've never had lunch. I have to act like literally stupid, right?